Well, good morning. It is a pleasure to be with you all. I am beyond grateful to stand here. Um, I never take lightly a pulpit opportunity or a pulpit assignment. So thank you for having me. I appreciate you. I'm grateful and I love that. Um, now to my relaxed side. What's up, y'all? <laughs> so glad to be here. I mean that. I love the worship. Um, I love the community. You can always tell a healthy church by the community. And I love walking in, seeing you guys greet each other, laugh, talk with each other, make jokes with one another. Those are signs of a healthy church. And that, as a preacher, as a pastor, I get excited about healthy churches. That just does it for me. I'm like, yes, that is it. So, so glad to see that. And I'm constantly praying for you as you are in the season of uh, pastoral candidates and whatnot. I'll be praying for you in that. Um, a couple of things are in order that I want to establish very quickly, and then we'll get started. Um, I want to acknowledge my brother, John Hicks. Wave your hand, brother. Y'all clap for that, brother. That's my dude. Uh, we've known each other since APU. I um, have had the pleasure at be of beating him at Fantasy four years in a row. And um, <clears throat> I, I, I take pride in that. And um, he doesn't talk about it a lot, but I do. So um, yeah. I want to make sure that that was established, but God bless you, brother. I love you, man. I appreciate you. Uh, my wife, my boo, my good thing, my babe. I got all kind of names for her. That's my girl, y'all. Ashley, wave your hand. Uh, she puts up with me. Wow. Amen to that. So thank you for doing that. And uh, man, I got surprised this morning by a couple of my brothers in Christ. They came out to support me. Uh, brother Chaz, Brother Josh, wave your hands for me, brother. It's always good to have familiar faces in the crowd because if you are failing, if you are bombing, they'll only smile at you and like make you feel like you're doing a good job. Amen? Y'all already know. So, so very quickly, and then I'll pray and we'll get started. Um, I grew up in a tradition of call and response, of call and response. Um, in my tradition in church, when there was preaching going forward, if the word was good, you said amen. amen. Woo, I love it. And if the word wasn't going so good, you would hear the church mothers, they would say things like, land the plane, preacher. Bring it on home. Bring it on home. So, 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 so y'all, if y'all say amen every now and then, preach, preacher, preach a word, y'all will see me get excited up here and I'll keep going. Amen? amen. Yes. Woo, y'all making my day already. Uh, let us pray, and let us dive into the word. <sighs> Spirit of living God, fall in this place. Lord, move. Lord, speak. Lord, let your word go forward. God, I am simply a tool in your hands. So would you move in this place, God? Lord, use me like never before. Let your people have hearts and minds to receive your word. Help us to be efficient, effective, and ultimately help us to build people whose lives reflect Christ. It's in your name we pray. Thank God. And amen. Give me about 25 minutes of your time.
I realize tip-off is soon in the NFL, so give me about 25 minutes of your time and I will have you home to watch your games or to have practice Sabbath on Sunday and relax. Amen? Great. <laughs> I like that, brother. Deuteronomy 6. Deuteronomy 6. There's a word in Deuteronomy 6. I'll be going from the uh, NRSV version, Deuteronomy 6. Word simply goes like this. Hear, O Israel, verse 4, forgive me. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord alone. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. The writer would say, keep these words I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home, when you are away, when you lie down, when you arise. Bind them as a sign on your hand. Fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them on the doorposts of your houses and gates. May the Lord have a blessing to the reading and hearing of his holy word. Robertson McQuillan. Robertson McQuillan. He was the president of a Christian school back east for over 20 years. But that's not what he's known for. He's known for loving his bride of 50 years, loving his wife of 50 years. Story goes they were headed somewhere one day to a family gathering, and his wife, she would tell a story. And two minutes would go by, two to five minutes, and she told the story all over again. And he said to his wife, babe, you, you, you just told the same story. And she said, oh, I guess I'm losing my mind. I don't know. And they laughed it off, but he was concerned. A couple weeks went by. They would go for a doctor's visit. They were an older couple at the time. Just to check up on her heart, see how everything was going. The doctor pulled Robertson aside and said, sir, I think your wife is experiencing the early stages of Alzheimer's. He said, no, not my wife. You must be crazy. Get out of here. But he began to recall some of the things that had been happening with his wife. And he realized this may be true. Her condition began to worsen. So what he did was he, he hired an in-home nurse. She would come every day and care for his wife while he was at work. He was the president of a large university. He was busy. By day, he was president. By night, he was caring for his wife. Dear Mario, that was her name. She continued to get worse, almost to the point to where she would only be calm when he was around. Story goes, he sat there contemplating what must he do. He says, I have two divine callings on my hand. 
I've been called to be a president of this Christian university, but I've also been called to care for my wife. His children recommended possibly putting her in a home. He said, no, no, no. I made the decision when I said I do 42 years ago. I have to care for my wife in sickness and in health. He would care for his wife till she passed. He then wrote a book called A Promise Kept. A Promise Kept. Hear his words, the way he talked about caring for his wife. He said this, she is such a delight to me. I don't have to care for her, I get to. It was no great effort to do the loving thing for one who was altogether lovable. My imprisonment turned out to be a delightful liberation to love more fully than I have ever known. We found the chains of confining circumstances to be not instruments of torture, but bonds to hold us closer. He realized the way I care for my wife prior to her passing is the way God loves and cares for me. Friends, what I want to pull from this story is one simple fact. Robertson, he would prioritize loving his wife over everything else. This morning in our time we have together, I want to deal with prioritizing loving God over anything else. Loving God over anything else. Our passage today, it's called the Shema. It's called the Shema. And I'll get into it a little more while they call it the Shema, what that means, but I want to unpack this a little bit. This passage, it was one of the primary passages that Jews would memorize at an early age. And what they would do, go with me on ancient Hebrew culture, what they would do is they would wake up in the morning and they would recite this to themselves. They would wake up. They would cover their eyes like this. And they would say, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord alone. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Keep these words I am commanding you today in your heart. And they would go about their day. In the evening before they went to bed, they would, they would stop whatever they were doing. They would focus. And they would say again, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God. The Lord is one, except they would go on to say it all over again. Why? For them, this was the pinnacle of who they were. Their lives were to be focused on loving the Lord your God with everything in you. Everything else didn't matter. They would cover their eyes to block out all distractions and to simply focus on the words that were being said. Loving the Lord your God. Everything else was irrelevant at this point. It was all about loving the Lord your God. So let's unpack this a little bit. The first word of this, it is hear, O Israel. Hear, O Israel. 
And I love it, that word. That's the word Shema. And it has four distinct meanings. Four distinct meanings. Trust my homework, y'all. I love, I'm a Bible nerd. Trust me on this. The first word is hear or listen. It means to hear or listen. The second meaning is to pay attention. Pay attention. The third meaning is to focus. And the fourth meaning is to obey. Hear or listen, pay attention, focus, and obey. Can I give you an example? When I, when I, when I was a kid and my mother, when she was raising me, if I heard her say, Adi, I would just hear her. But I wasn't really paying attention, y'all. I just heard her. Now, if I heard her say, Adi Robert Diggs, Woo! Woo! I, I paid attention, y'all. I, I said, okay, something went wrong. I'm in trouble. Let me figure out what's going on. I need to listen closely. And then my mother, my mother, she sang in the choir. She was, a, she was actively involved in church. So, so it was so funny. She'd be up here singing, and, and, and I'd be with my friends in the back talking, and she would just laser focus on me. And, 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 and somehow, some way, it was amazing. I would all of a sudden feel this look on me. And I would look up and, and, and so there I would focus. And, 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 she would, and she would say words to me while she was singing. I don't know how she did it. She would sing, and then on the breaks of the song, she would say. <laughs> and, 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 and I'd be like. It was amazing how she did it, and that was focus. And then, if you've listened, if you've paid attention, and if you focus, then you might as well obey. Yeah. <laughs> My man. And, 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 so, and, so, and so keep staying with me here. The idea is this. Here, O Israel, the idea is when you talk to God, when God's speaking to you, you are to listen, to pay attention, to focus, and obey. Oh, I love the way the Jew, Jewish culture dealt with it. If you didn't obey, you didn't shema God. If you just heard God speaking to you but didn't obey, you didn't really hear God. It wasn't enough to say God spoke. It was then encouraged to obey. James talks about this in the New Testament. He simply says, just be a hearer of the word, but also a doer of the word. The same idea. Hear, listen, pay attention, and then obey. So what are we to hear to listen to, to pay attention to, to focus and obey? Well, he says, love the Lord your God. Love the Lord your God. Your God. I love it. The, the word here, I, I'm a studier of Hebrew. This is fun for me. Again, I told you guys this. The word here, love, it's the word ahava. Ahava. And it simply means, it simply means this. It says the idea is to love God emotionally, affectionately, with your all, the same way God loves you. Love God the same way he loves you, with affectionate care. 
with affectionate care. There's two words that describe love in the Hebrew. There's ahava and there's hased. Hased is a love that won't let go. It's a love that holds on to somebody. Ahava love is a love that just, it affectionately just loves you, brother. Just encompasses you. Just emotionally gives it all to you. An example of this comes to mind. Brother by the name of Jerry Morrell. Jerry Morrell. Jerry in the late 80s had went through a rough divorce. And his four sons went to live with his wife in a different state. Jerry said, I need my boys to be with me. I can't be without my boys. So Jerry began making burgers. He began a burger company. It was small, but he worked at it. He worked at it because he said, I've got to have my boys with me. That company, he said, they said, what are you going to name your company? He said, well, this is about my son, so, so I think I'll name it Five Guys. Jerry would work. He would work hard. When his sons got old enough, they said, Dad, we want to join the family business. So they would join the family business, and they would run what we all now know as Five Guys. While being interviewed one day, Jerry was asked, what gave you the drive to build this company? There was all kind of burger companies around you. What gave you the drive? He said, well, it wasn't about a business. I just loved my boys, and I wanted them to be with me. Affectionate love. Love that causes you to move into action. Each love God that way. A love that causes you to move into action. Then the first thing he says, the text says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. All your heart. This word heart, I love it. It deals with your thoughts. Hebrew culture, Hebrew culture, they understood the thinking to come from the heart. So when they're saying love the Lord your God with all your heart, they're not just saying that which beats inside of you. Saying love the Lord your God with everything you're thinking. With every thought that comes to mind, love the Lord your God. Amen, brother. Love God with every single thought. But not just thought. With all your thought and with all your soul, this word soul, it's a complicated word. Our culture understands soul typical to a Hellenistic culture. We think of soul as this extra being inside of us, this, this inner immaterial being that comes out after we die and goes up to heaven. But that's not how they thought about it. They thought about soul as simply all your life. Your life. Your life. What you live, how you breathe, how you talk. Love the Lord your God with your life. And then it says, love the Lord your God with all your might. Your might. I love this word. It's the Hebrew word, meod. I, I love it. It simply means your muchness. Love the Lord your God with all your muchness. Let me make this plain for you. You ever seen a kid walk up to you? 
I don't have children, but I have God kids, and, and they're great. And, they, and they, they, go, they go, how much do you love me? And I go, oh, I love you this much. How much do you love me? Oh, I love you this much. The text is saying, love the Lord your God with this much. All you have, all that's in you, all you carry with you. Love the Lord your God with your thoughts. Love the Lord your God with how you live your life. And then whatever you have left after that, love the Lord your God with that. Keep these words. I am commanding you today in your heart. Meaning keep these words on your mind. You should be thinking about these words on your mind. This was why they said it every night and every morning, because they wanted to keep it on their mind. When things got hard, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might. When someone cut them off on the road, they didn't have cars, but they had something. Love the Lord your God <laughs> with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. When children were acting up, love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, with all your might. You felt that one, right? <laughs> it was an idea of constantly having on your mind, in your life, in your heart, in your actions, loving God. But then, that's what you were supposed to do. Then the instructions were to recite this to your children night and day. They were to sit with their children and recite these words over and over to them, till they knew it by heart, till they memorized it. And I love it. This is an imagery word. Anyone ever seen a, a stone that was engraved with words on it? You guys, shake your head if you've seen that. Good. Great. Okay. And so, and, so, and so the idea was the same way that stone was engraved is the way these words should be engraved on your children's heart. Remember your mind. The same way, you said it so much, it was ingrained in them. It was engraved in them. They knew it. They talked it. They walked it. They lived it as early as they could. The text says, talk about it when you are at home and when you are away. So when you're on the road, talk about God. When you're at home, talk about God. When you lie down, when you rise. And then said, bind them as a sign on your hand. Fix them as an emblem on your forehead. That was an outward expression. So the first part was, talk to your children about it on a regular. The second part was, outwardly display to others that you are someone who loves God with your all. Something should be different about you. Others should see you and say, wow, there's something different about you. What, what, what is it? Same idea here. Their actions were to be outward expressions. And then write them on the doorposts of your houses and gates. They had these little boxes they would put on the wall in their houses, on their gates, so that every time you walked into a room, you would see the little box on the doorpost that said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. It reminded you that there was never a place you could go in this home that didn't reflect loving the Lord your God with all your heart, 
with all your soul, and with all your might. Let's make it plain to us today. First point. Are you doing a good job listening to God? I don't just mean hearing God's voice. Are you listening, paying attention, paying attention, excuse me, focusing, and then obeying? Some of us affirm theology that says, I don't hear God's voice. That's fine. Cool. How are you doing reading the word of God and responding to it? How are you doing spending time in God's word and responding with actions that are obedient? Shema, hearing God. Are you loving the Lord, your God? Do you affectionately love God? I love it at times my wife will, be, my wife will say to me, why, why are you smiling? Oh, I'm just thinking about God. Lady walking down the street, why are you so happy? Because God is good. Are you affectionately loving God? Affection. Do you love God with your thoughts? Is he constantly on your mind? Do you love God with your life? Is your life an example of God's love? Do you love God with your muchness? Is everything else you have left over loving God? And why does it matter? Because children are watching. Because those little ones were just left to you to children's church. The Cub Kids. I like that name, by the way. They're watching. They are watching how you love God. You should be building a legacy of loving God. I remember as a kid, my mother, Saturday mornings, we'd wake up 7 a.m., and we hear, we knew, we knew what we were doing Saturday morning when we heard gospel music in the house. That meant it was time for chores. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 so, and so me and my, me and my twin sister, we, we'd wake up in the morning and we'd hear, and we'd hear Kurt Franklin, stop, stop. Y'all know that song, huh? Let me do a different one, all right. Uh, I don't know. Okay, and so, and so, and so, and so we, we, we'd hear that song in the morning and, and we'd know it was time to do chores. And my mother would have that music blazing as we were doing chores. I remember we had this book. It was called The Golden Book. It had, the, it had a bunch of Bible stories from beginning to end. And I recall we, were, we had to read these stories. We were building a legacy of loving God. I remember when my mother got sick before she passed. And I was still at home before I went to college. She'd wake me up early in the morning by saying, Adi, Adi. And I'd come in with my Bible, and she'd want me to read to her the story of the woman with the issue of blood. I read to her so much that I got to memorize it 
And I'd come in the morning with, without my Bible and just recite it for her. Building a legacy of loving God. I remember when she passed and I had just entered ministry and she told my father, I want him to do my, I want my son to do my eulogy because he loves God well. She built a legacy of loving God. Are your actions that you're practicing building a legacy of loving God? Because your children are watching People are watching, and they want to know, how do I love God well? What does it mean to love God? I thank God that I had a mother that built a legacy of loving God, and she transferred that on to me. And now I strive to build a legacy of loving God, and the work I do with students and the work I do with churches, I strive to build a legacy of loving God. Now, some of you, you may say, I don't come from a legacy of people who loved God. I submit this to you. Angola prison. <laughs> Angola prison, also known as Louisiana State Penitentiary, considered the largest prison on U.S. soil. The history of this prison, very briefly, the history as I come to a close, the history of this prison is this, used to be a slave plantation They called Angola because they would get slaves from Angola and Africa and bring them over to this place. After slavery was emancipated, after the slaves were emancipated, they, in, they turned into a state penitentiary. Only the worst of the worst go here. Studies show that over 60% of the people in this prison, they have life in prison or worse. Angola prison, it was also, it was one of the most, one of those rowdy prisons. It got so bad, this prison, it was so dangerous that one day, true story, the guards turned their, their weapons over to the prisoners and they said, police yourselves. We don't want anything to do with this. Police yourselves. In the mid-90s, they were given a new warden, and he said, this is not working. What can we do to change this? This is not working. He went down the street, and he called a local seminary, and he said, come on, giving some education classes to my prisoners about God. They said, no, we only educate people to be pastors. He said, oh, I'm glad you said that. Angola Prison, we have some churches here on campus. We have churches. The slave families, that used to have churches on here, so they kept the, they kept the churches. We have, we have a Baptist church. We have a Kojic church, Church of God in Christ. We have a Church of Christ Christ. We have a holiness church on, on campus. 
Could you educate those who go to church about being pastors? So what happened is this, this, this seminary, they would send some of their professors over to educate the prisoners about God and ministry and church. Slowly but surely, the violence, the violence began to calm down, begin to weigh down. Slowly but surely, they would do things like tithe and offering. And they would give their, they would give their toothbrushes. They would give their, tenders, their shoes. They would give socks. They would give toothpaste. They would give little things. And whichever prisoner was the most, who had little money, they would give those things to them to care for them. When prisoners were dying, who didn't have family that would come to visit them, they would do eulogies for them. They would visit with them and pray with them. And you saw this change in this prison from violence to Christ. Why am I sharing this with you? If you don't come from a legacy where someone taught you how to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might, then build one. If you don't come from parents who kept you in church every Sunday, who drug you to church, trust me, I was drugged, y'all, who church, who instilled God into you, if that's not your story, build one. Build a legacy of loving God that you can pass down to your children that you can en engrave on their heart, engrave on their heart a legacy of loving God. I'll close in prayer. Just love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Keep these words I am commanding you in your heart. As the musicians are coming forward, let me close in prayer. God, we love you and we thank you. God, it is my prayer that if your people get nothing else from this, they receive and understand the commandment to love God with your all. No excuses, no turning back, no arguments. Love God, with your all. God, all of us don't have the testimony that we come from Christ-filled homes. Some of us do, thank God, but some of us don't. So God, might we begin now to build a Christ-centered home? Might we begin to build a Christ-centered life that reflects you and that reflects loving you? God, I pray that my assignment was accomplished and your people love you all the more. In your name we pray, thank God, and amen. God bless you, church.